0: Buckles wiped his table, and he rode off in the sunset, knowing that it was a beautiful sheen, and he was looking forward to coming back home and seeing that very same table. Oh, he's turning around. He forgot to put his lamp and his book on there. Who's going to know? No one's there. No one's there to see everything. No one's there to look at his living room and his bookcase and his tchotchkes and his paintings on the wall. No one. Only Buckles knows he wants to leave with everything perfect. And perfect it is with Buckles Brannigan, leather conditioner product and leather protector. Stay tuned later in the program for Buckles Brannigan leather protector and now in the shoot-em-up can. This is Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. I believe in -in just-in-time inventory, especially when it comes to food in the house, like half and half. I like fresh half and half. Don't like it going sour or bad. And you know, half and half will last a lot longer than milk, let's say. Because it still comes in the wax carton as opposed to the plastic container. Milk just seems to just go sour way too fast. Even if you buy the smaller size, the smaller quart size, uh, it just doesn't last. It just doesn't last. And in my kitchen, uh, I eschew the milk. I get instead uh, the uh, half and half. And I put that in my uh, cereal if I want, although I don't do that a lot. Um, But I definitely use it in my coffee. I definitely do. And if you've listened to my coffee uh, uh, show where I rate different coffees and I rated the Stop and Shop brand the best. But I gave it away. I shouldn't have done that. It's too late to go back and backtrack on this podcast. I don't like to do that. So I let the cat out of the bag. Sorry. But I use half and half in my coffee coffee. And I'm gonna to try to get you off that subject of the winner by telling you that half and half uh, is uh, creamy, it's rich, it's full bodied it adds uh, it adds that full body and color that I like in the coffee. Although I do like the coffee looking black in the mug, I do uh, want to put in my half and half. So I just wanted to talk to you about uh, zero or just in time inventory. Uh, that goes for uh, cereal. That goes for uh, meats, especially deli meats. That goes for cheese. Uh, That goes for yogurts. Um, And bread, especially bread. That's in the list of especially important zero or just-in-time delivery uh, considerations. Hope it was a good tip for you. Today's program... Well, it's dedicated to, you guessed it, the houses on my street. Hunts Avenue is one of the longer streets in Pawtucket. Not the longest, but one of the longer streets. It runs parallel to the famous Central Avenue and the also famous, uh, if not maybe a little less famous, Armistice Boulevard. And it runs perpendicular to Newport Avenue and York Avenues. Um, and uh, further beyond uh, North Bend Street, uh, further beyond Newport Avenue, we have uh, we have of course Grand Avenue, Orient, and Daggett Daggett Avenue, which is the one of the last major, if not the last major thoroughfare. Uh, in Pawtucket before you go into beautiful uh, rural Seaconk. So Hunts Avenue is situated by Hasbro Industries, a major corporation in America. It's a major toy manufacturer. It's the second largest toy manufacturer in the world, and uh, it owns a lot of uh, brands that you're very familiar with. I won't get into those. Suffice to say that Hunts Avenue is smack dab in the middle of the streets that runs off the main headquarters, which is a very sprawling, horizontal, mill-style building from the old days, uh, repurposed to be the world headquarters of Hasbro Industries. Um, The street starts at Newport Avenue, and it ends at Menden Avenue, um, or actually another smaller street. Hunts Avenue is one of the few streets that continues on beyond Menden Avenue in this area or this district of Pawtucket, which is now uh, which is called Darlington. Not now. It has been called Darlington since its inception in the uh, at the turn of the century. Um, and so the street runs uh, east to west. I'm going to start at the easternmost house and describe you the houses along the way. What fun, Guy. What fun. Oh, what fun it is to ride on Guy Massey's uh, bike as he goes down the street, uh, for lack of uh, coming up with any other conveyance uh, appropriate. Uh, how about horse and carriage? Buckles Brannigan would be proud. I'm riding my horse and carriage, and I've got my uh, hay... I've got my uh extra saddle back there in case I find a horse in town uh in the town of South Fork. Uh there go the cats. They're just uh whooping up a storm. They get along for the most part, but there's a little flare up a couple of times a day, and here's the first one of the day at six oh seven AM uh in the AM. At least it it's that time on my Mantle clock up on the wall here in the studio. So starting, uh, starting, uh, if we're looking down towards the West, heading down Hunts Avenue, as we begin our trip here, uh, on the right, we have a beautiful colonial. Uh, it was once owned by, uh, uh Reverend Usher and his family. He was the pastor of St. Martin's church, which is on the corner of the next street over Hughes Avenue. Uh, it's a yellow house currently with a, uh, uh, it's a corner, a corner lot, uh, and the fence runs, uh, and does a 90 degree turn. It's in rough repair, the fence. I don't know why the fence, they don't fix the fence up part of it. The last part, the Western part of the fence looks pretty good to the West of the driveway, but pretty much everything else is in relative, uh, long and long of tooth to put it politely, Uh, and the house itself is in very good condition. I'm going to give it a VG, as the nuns would have done back in the uh, parochial school days. Um, And it has uh, an air conditioner or two sticking out the window, as they do in Pawtucket here. Not a lot of central air conditioners. We have long winters up here in this part of New England, or in New England in general, I can say. I can make that general statement or in the Northeast for that matter. But uh, Pawtucket's known for its uh, tilting, hanging out, tilting, uh, oversized air conditioners that look like they're going to fall out of the window they're not properly installed. Uh, Let's hope they really are, especially those second, third floor ones. Uh, The ones that tilt down at the lower end can hit a small child in the head if he's not careful. To the left of that, um, if you're looking at on the south side of the street, is a, uh, is a beautiful, um, uh, not a mansard roof. No, it's not a mansard roof at all, but it's a, uh, a four square house, um, but colonial in, in its character. Uh, it's painted a beautiful dark slate gray. Uh, it has a huge yard and it's a double lot. The western lot uh, is empty, void of a house. It, you could easily put a house there, and they may do that someday. But the current owner is renting the house, and the, house, the renter is a very responsible young man with his uh, young wife, and he tends to that yard very, very, uh, very well. Uh, the backyard has a uh, brick fireplace uh, uh, barbecue, uh, slash barbecue uh, it has some seating area uh, behind that is an art deco style uh, house that would be more in place in california uh, but we won't get into that uh southern end of the of the street uh, It's called saratoga is the name of that street we're not we're not talking about saratoga we're talking about hunts um then we've got if we go zigzag down the street on uh, the north side We have a house that is what you would call a Dutch colonial. After the lot, there's a lot, a YMCA lot for kids to play in. There's uh, some mass services because it also is uh, part of the property of the uh, Guatemalan, I believe, uh, uh, faith church. Uh, Not a Catholic faith. Um but uh they have uh services there um with uh drumming and music. I can hear the music on Sundays and Saturday evenings. Um and uh the Dutch colonial abuts that property and uh that is owned by a bagpipe playing man. Uh he hasn't played them in years, but as a kid I remember him coming out and practicing his bagpipes. Uh Diag- next in line diagonal is that empty lot we talked about but uh, or actually uh, zigzag from that but straight down on the same north side is a large uh, duplex well not a duplex it's, it's a single structure but it's a three story uh, large colonial also and that is dark green and that's owned by the Davins the Davins own that house um, the old man Fuller owned the house. Originally the family, the uh, father of the daughter, uh, Mrs. Davin passed away. The daughter passed away, uh, back a few years ago. Uh, it's own now owned by Linda Davin and, uh, she restored the house, uh, to its original glory and splendor. They've had some squirrel problems up in the eaves, uh, the upper reaches, um, uh, on this, on the side that faces my house, um, I think they've six. They've they have since patched patched that problem, uh, but not a repair that I would uh, approve. Um, but the house is beautiful. It's big, it's accommodating. Uh, it has a back garage uh, we used to play in as kids. Um, now, as we move down, we come down and we're still at the lot on the other side. Uh, we come straight down and we have a, uh, a single family house that is a white house from the 20s, built from the 20s with large eaves. Um, it would be considered a uh, craftsman style, um, but it's a, not, a, not a fine example of craftsman style by any stretch, but it's still nice. It's got a large front porch with, uh, with stone uh, stone entrance, uh, uh, areas for the columns that support the porch. My friend is always out there. She's on her phone, uh, and having a smoke, uh, just watching the world go by. Uh, she's kind of like not working right now because of the virus. Um, but hopefully she's dying to get back to work. She's a very con- one of those conscientious workers. And, of course, next uh, is my house. We are still uh, can't go across diagonally because that's still that lot. That's how big that lot is. It runs about two to three houses in length. Uh, if you include also the, uh, well, definitely three houses if you include the, the major house uh, to the east of that um, on the south side. But on the north side, we have my house. I'm the fifth house in. Uh, my house is sage green with red shutters and door and uh, maritime white trim. It's a charming little bungalow. I've explained that on a previous podcast, so I'm not going to go into it any further, even though it is my abode. Um, and I love my house. I, I take care of it. Um, I uh, am fixing up the inside to to be... Uh, characteristic of the house still, but updated. And I want to make it my own, Um, try to give it my own signature. My sister-in-law has given me a lot of guidance. Uh, Her friend has given her some tips that she's related, that Janet's related to me, my sister-in-law, that is. And uh, I'm constantly uh, putting up frames and just tweaking things, moving ready to move on to um, the back hallway. Trying to get it presented for when my uh, a good part of my family come to visit me uh, later in the month, I'm hoping to get maybe even work on that uh, that hallway today or tomorrow. Get back onto it. I've done the crown molding, uh, and uh, I've painted it the trim color, um, kind of an off white. And um, I've got just a little bit more to do on that. Then I've got to move on to a bookcase. A built-in that's not original to the house uh, but was put in by my dad so there's definitely no reason to take that out Um, I love everything he's done to the house uh, that he did back in 1968 and again that's part of my podcast from a few down if you scroll down you'll find it um, bungalow beginnings it's called and it's a charming little story about a family moving into the house namely my family And, uh, you know, discovering the quirks of it uh, and uh, working to uh, to come up in time uh, through time uh, uh, with with the with with the uh, habitat in the habitat uh, or habitating in the household across the street. Directly across the street is another bungalow, similar to mine, uh, but facing uh, with the doorway, with the gable ends running uh, north and south. And on the south side facing the street uh, is the doorway. And that house has just been sold a few months ago, beginning of the summer. It was sold. The original owners uh, moved to... uh, moved to uh, Florida and they uh, made it, they wanted to sell it quickly. So they sold it to a company called um, We Buy uh, Ugly Houses. And that's one of those houses that's companies that converts. The house is not really ugly. That's the whole irony of this. The house is, uh, is clad in a green vinyl. That's about the ugliest element of the house. Uh, If the house was a different color, I think it would be a very good looking home. Uh, It's not the style of bungalow that I have, but it is a bungalow. It's a clip roof bungalow, but it doesn't have the charm and uh, the proportions of my house, if I do say so myself. Uh, Across the street uh, to the uh, left of my house or running westward to west of my house, and directly in line, of course, is a house that was once a twin until the owners about uh, 15 years ago now added on a story onto the house and changed the whole character of the house, not for the better. Um, the house is not, I would call the most successful, uh, although it's very nice, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's not a bad, bad uh, addition. Uh, not a bad result here we're not talking about anything that's on uh, uh, out of the ordinary but it's unsuccessful in its attempt to uh, try to keep the character of what it once was maybe they weren't trying to do that when they set out um, and if so they did succeed it's a it's converted now to more of a colonial two-story um, not a not a garrison i would call it a two-story garrison Uh, colonial. Mine's a one and a half story. Uh, This is now a two story, a full two story. The upstairs is actually uh, probably a bigger floor plan than the bottom floor because of the retaining, or not the retaining, but the support uh, uh, supporting walls. And um, you know, it's probably doubled its square footage from about a 1,000 to about 2,000 square feet. So you're looking at a 2,000-square-foot house. Uh, the yard is exactly like mine because the houses were built the same time. There's a story of my dad going by the houses as a child. He told us, I'm going to move into that house one day. I'm going to own that house. Which one was he pointing to? We can't tell. We think we like to think it's this house, very house that I'm broad, uh, broadcasting this podcast from. Um uh, but uh, it could have very well been the other. The The yard, the lot itself is 55 by 120. Very generous for Pawtucket. You don't get a lot of properties that big. And we landed on it um, as if by chance. So it's wonderful. Uh, it, the color of that house, the house we're talking about, the add-on, uh, is gray. It is just basically a gray house, a bluish gray house. Um, across the street from that is uh, my friend Gary, who likes to help me out with cutting uh, the wood that's fallen from trees in my front yard and landed on my portico, almost damaging my house during a uh, tropical storm, a As- that uh, happened just uh, literally two weeks ago. Uh, the tree is just about cleared. There's just a few branches left. A lot of that wood was, uh, was sent over to the neighbors. Uh, Gary took some himself. Uh, the very wood that he cut with his trusty chainsaw, uh, his Echo. And uh, he has about uh, maybe a fifth of the wood. The other neighbor took about four fifths. I don't need any. I don't have any back fireplace or uh, fire pit to take advantage of that. All I have is a tent in the back of my yard right now uh, with a chair uh, there uh, for me to just uh, kick back in the backyard. Um, During COVID, you're going to find things to do. Uh, Let's work our way down quickly. Um, I'm not going to rush here, but uh, I want to move on. Uh, Actually, if we looked after Gary's house on the same side of the street, we have a uh, Four-family apartment, uh, square, uh, basically a square building, very, um, very unassuming, um, but large. It's probably about five thousand square feet in there. Well, maybe four thousand, um, and um, if that big, and but it's quite big. It's quite big. It goes quite back. It's pretty fairly wide. And it goes pretty far back, so I think those people in there are pretty comfortable. I don't know any of the people that live in that house. Um, um, the Magoysels are in the house that was used to be looking like mine, um, and uh, the Smiths live in the house that I talked about. Now, with Gary's house, he added on his house about twenty years ago. Well, maybe fifteen uh and he uh actually cantilevered the house uh front and back so that the top floor is actually larger than the bottom floor that's a common thing that you do when you add on you try to maximize square footage um i remember the day when the uh when the uh joist or actually the i should say the the roof was put on um it's a pretty cool day to see that work being done um, and, uh, they hoisted that, that those, each of the members up for the roof, um, not didn't use a crane, uh, use another means to do that. And, uh, he's got a nice house. It's very successful, probably a good 2000 square feet in that house. And then of course, after that large apartment house. Across the street, diagonally to the left of uh, the Maguysles uh, add-on uh, to the bungalow, uh, is a is a twin to the house that's on the right side of me that I talked about earlier, the white house with uh, June out front having her smoke. Uh, and uh, that's kept more in character with what it used to be. Uh, it was built around the same time my house, around 1928. Vintage, Um, and uh, it has it's in a little bit of disrepair, but it's since over the last couple of years looking better. A brand new roof was put on last year. Uh, Black roof uh, looks really good. Um, Then we move diagonally across from there, and we have a uh, a uh, two-family single-frame duplex and uh it's got uh i believe two doors in the front um the lots are a little smaller on that side of the street um and i'm not sure of the families that live there uh diagonally across there is the capolino's house which was original to the neighborhood it was the stable house to the uh wealthy potter family that lived at the on the corner um, I forgot to mention the first house on Hunts Avenue it was actually a first besides usher's uh, colonial uh, on the other side of the street is a mansion type house it's uh, now a mortuary uh, it won't be a mortuary long uh, but it's it, uh, it won't it, they're going to be selling the house They fixed it up since and it's a dark brown Um so as we move down after Capolino, we have a weathered wood, large, uh, large uh, four-square house. Uh, again, a duplex, and it's, it's very huge, uh, very huge. It's got a huge upstairs. It's got a huge hip roof, very, very large um, dormers coming out. Um, it's a striking home. It's actually a striking home. It could be one of the more valuable homes on the street now when we come down across diagonally to the coppolinos to the left of the coppolinos going south still we come up to one of the uh modular well it's actually a metal home it's one of the first metal homes and one of the only examples in rhode island it's a uh, gray metal house they uh kind of wrecked the plan in the sense that they um made the interior more of uh, today's kind of interior with plaster walls recently. Um, The interior of those metal homes were metal walls, Uh, but the rooms must have been very small. Uh, So I think they opened up the interior of that house. I know they did. Uh, Also, they put in a new cement walk uh, running from the front, the very front of the house, all the way to the side door. So it's about a 30 foot run of uh, brand new cement. Looks very, very nice. Uh, The the huge yard, as big as mine, um, must be 55 by 120. In fact, I know it is. Um, And it's very, very, very nice. And then, of course, we have another large house diagonally to that that is uh, not quite a twin to the weathered wood. uh, uh, A-frame style, but it, it is an A-frame and it's a colonial. Most of the houses here, except for the modern house that I talked about earlier in our bungalows. Well, our bungalows are colonials. They're colonial bungalows. There you go, guy. Um, the, this large house is uh, is uh, another two-family. you got the double doors on the inside. This one has a porch. In the front whereas the other one doesn't Um, also I believe has a side door uh, facing uh, well they both have side doors scratch that so and then we go into a smaller cottage kind of house on the diagonally across if we keep zigzagging here it's white it's very very uh, appealing Uh, it's it's on the corner and that's where I'm going to end right after I finish with the next house across the street the very end before it hits Perrin Avenue uh, and that is a colonial garrison. Uh, very very nice. it's very kind of a modern style. Uh, it was built to the it looks like it built in the 50s or 60s, probably 1960s. Um, I know it was not the 70s because we were living on Hunt's Avenue when that house uh, was still there. It did look brand new at the time though. Um, it did look brand new. So I'm going to say that it was from the 60s. Um, and that was used to be the Martell House, the Martell House. And that's it. That's it. And then you continue on Hunts, and you're getting uh, sort of a sampling of similar style houses as you work your way down. Uh, you work your way down uh, Hunts Avenue. So it's a grand street. It's not grand in the width of it. The one is a relatively narrow street. But uh, it's uh, it's a, it's really got a certain aesthetic, a certain aesthetic, and uh, that's it. It ends at, it ends at Parrot Avenue, my world. Uh, beyond Parrot Avenue, I don't know anybody there. Um, I really don't know anybody on that side of the street, so uh, it's not in my purview, as they say. But uh, it's it's great. I'm glad I was able to take you on my little tour of Hunts Avenue. Darlington section of Pawtucket. Part of our ventures uh, from Hunts Avenue where we lived um, in our bungalow as children, uh, we'd explore the neighborhood and uh, we'd also go to the movie theater. And uh, part of that was going to the Dalton. The Dalton was an art deco uh, movie theater which was one of the first fully air-conditioned theaters in Rhode Island and uh, played first-run movies uh, from cowboy westerns to, uh, to thrillers to suspense to mystery and uh, comedy. So the whole gamut is family, family place. Um, it uh, had matinees, Um, It had um, premieres. I think it was host to some premieres in the early Art Deco days of the 40s. Uh, It is a, it was not a historical landmark. It's since been torn down to make way for a citizen's bank, which is currently there on the lot. Um, We've lost some definite treasures in Pawtucket. And one of the other theaters was the Leroy And that's what I want to talk about, the Leroy, our walks over to the Leroy Theater in Pawtucket. It was in downtown. It was torn down in the 80s. We used to have some rock concerts there. I went to go see Marshall Tucker Band uh, there with my cousin. Went to see the Allman Brothers Band play there. Uh, Not on the same ticket. They were about a year apart, but uh, we went to go see them. Could have been a couple year difference there between the concerts. I don't really remember. Um, The acoustics were fine, as would be from an old movie theater. The views were relatively unobstructed. The surroundings were dowdy, but beautiful and magnificent. Um, The glory days of the theater was long over. The the Leroy, or the Leroy, L-E-R-O-Y. It was in the heart of downtown, and it was other theaters there. My mom tells us that she used to go to the Strand, the Strand Theater was uh, playing some really good, uh, good first release movies. Uh, I think there was a Paramount movie theater. Uh, I'm not sure if, if that's if that's the name, but there was another couple of other theaters in in Pawtucket. Got to realize in the '40s, Pawtucket was reached its heyday. Uh, it was a bustling town, bustling city, with a, with a real city downtown to it. Uh, today, it's been decimated through urban renewal of the 70s and 80s. Uh, they tried putting uh, a mall in, closed off the traffic, probably the worst thing they could have done. Uh, I don't know, still to this day, cannot understand why they closed off Main Street, going running through downtown. It just doesn't make any sense. It's a vapid banal area of downtown really an eyesore uh it's got a parking garage it's got to be the ugliest parking garage it's a low slung but it's really not very attractive at all uh, it's got a gallery an indoor uh, mall sort of gallery attached to that garage it's very very cementy i just don't like it i just don't like it i just don't like it um so uh there's streets that run up a hill. Uh, it's, there's a beautiful public library, the Deborah Cook Sales uh, Public Library in Pawtucket. You can look that up. You're going to find it a great example of Greek, Greek revival architecture. Uh, very, very stately with a large stairway uh, working its way up to the entrance. And when you enter that, Lobby. It's just grand. It's got a huge rosette chandelier that is uh, the envy of any town's library. So with all that, uh, we, you have the opulence of Pawtucket and uh, the Leroy. We used to walk from Harrison Street, Woodlawn, and that was about a mile and a half, I'd say, uh, to walk from our uh, triple decker. Tenement House, uh, all the way over uh, across Main Street uh, onto Lonsdale Avenue. I mean, uh, by Lonsdale Avenue, across, walking down Main Street, going into the uh, Mill District. Uh, There was a toy, big toy store, American Toy, that used to be there. Um, We'd walk plainly past that. Uh, We'd head into downtown Pawtucket. Uh, hit the, hit the, uh, the pharmacy or the, uh, the drugstore, pick up our candy and then, then proceed, uh, a block down from there was the entrance to the Leroy. And it had, uh, your beautiful movie theater marquee, uh, with all the, uh, with the movies that playing, uh, announced proudly, uh, with posters emblazoned on the front and, uh, preview or uh, production stills showing uh, all the action of whatever movie was playing inside. There was a ticket window with the uh, pretty girl on the inside, ready to take your ticket, uh, give you a ticket for your money. And uh, you went in and you uh, you enjoyed the movie. And then on the break, on the intermission, you went up into the lobby and just uh, sat back and relaxed. Uh, you know, there was men smoking. That was just the way it was still back in the 60s or the holdover of those uh, those glory days. It's just the very tail end. Uh, and we witnessed it. It was kind of cool to witness it. Um, the movies were great. They were first run also. Saw some great movies there. Uh, can't really remember them per se, but I know I did see some good, good, good flicks. Later on, of course, it got... Uh, repurposed as a concert hall in the by the 80s before it was torn down it had seen some pretty good acts so that's my story on the Lori, on the leroy theater in Pawtucket, rhode island um, during the 1960s and 70s and i hope you enjoyed it this is talk me some art and other stories